I want to invite you to stand as we read the Word of God together. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us... A child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. May God bless his word this morning. Amen. Morning, everyone. Good to see you. Hey, we are in the Christmas season, and uh, Christmas is about lights, is it not? Anyone here decorate their house with lights? Can I get a show of hands? Who, who, who went for the lights this year? All right, some of us just kind of give up along the way, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, I had gotten there a little bit, and uh, my teenage son uh, decided, you know what? We're not going to give up on the lights. We're going to do the lights. And so we had, we, had, we had a bit of a fun fiasco with the lights, and they got up there and back and forth to the store, getting different lights. When all was said and done, the lights were up, but they were arranged incorrectly so that you couldn't plug them in very well. And there was a part of me that wasn't sure we wanted these things to, to get lit up. I wasn't sure what we were going to see. But we did. My wife uh, pressed on and got these things lit up, and there they were. My wife calls me out, come on and see the lights. And I walk out there, and they're shining. They're shining, but there's four different colors or shades of white. So you've got some half dim ones, some bright white LED ones, some yellow ones. It just looks like an ugly Christmas sweater light job. <laughs> We're just like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I got to tell you, as much as I love the lights, it might have been better without them. But... Uh, Christmas is about lights, and uh, that's what this passage is about. This passage is about light. It's about finding the light in the darkness. And I want to talk about what that means for us, because God has a message for Isaiah and for the people of Israel at a really dark moment in their history, a really dark moment. And this passage has so much to say to us about those dark moments that we're facing and the promise 
of light. No. Let's, let me read to you guys verse 2. And uh, this is going to be sort of like the thematic focus for our morning, okay? Listen to this verse again. Verse 2, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of, now he ups it a notch, deep darkness. Can everyone say deep darkness? Deep darkness. What does that even mean? We'll talk about that. But deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, there are times in everyone's life when we face darkness, a darkness that just seems to snuff out our light. And I don't know about you, but the Israelites are facing that moment right now. Now, for the people of Israel, this rising uh, power, Assyria, is threatening all the other smaller nations in the Middle East. And in 733 BC, right when this prophecy was given, Assyria had invaded the northern kingdom of Israel and sacked that kingdom. They were known, they had a reputation of being very cruel, very violent. Now, to make matters worse, see, the nation of Israel was at the twilight of their power in the world. The nation had been split in half by a civil war, and now with the upper kingdom sacked and wiped away, you got the southern kingdom just sitting there looking at the ruins of a once great nation. It is a dark night for the people of Israel, and it, God is speaking into this kind of moment when he talks to Isaiah And he speaks and says something so profound to Isaiah that it's so profound that it's been preserved for thousands of years because it has something to say to us today. That this is the key idea that he wants to get across to us, that there is a light for every darkness. Think about that. There is a light for every darkness. There is a light that no darkness, no matter how deep, no matter how strong, no matter how pervasive, no matter how long it's lasted, there is a light that no darkness can overcome. That's the message that Isaiah gets from God and that God has for you this morning. All right, so here's the main idea. There is a light for every darkness because unto us a child is born. So we're going to look at this idea of what does God mean by light and darkness? And number two, who is this child and what does it have to do with us today? Let me pray for us. Lord, we come to you with all of our darkness that you might bring your light to shine in our lives in the places that we need it most. We just thank you, God, that there's a place we can gather every week and be honest about our vulnerability, our weakness, our needs in confident expectation that when we come to you with our need, God, you will come to us. You will meet us and you will make your light shine in our lives. And so, Lord, I pray for your light to shine in our darkness this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on now. So here we go. Let's start with what this imagery of light and dark represents, and then we'll talk about the child. First, what does the light and dark mean? Well, in Isaiah's context, the darkness specifically represents the oppressive presence of this foreign power, Assyria. Okay, so what does that mean for us in our life right now? Well, I think we could maybe say it represents those circumstances in our life that leave us feeling powerless, that leave us feeling like we cannot see a positive outcome in a situation that we're facing. 
Now, can you relate to that at all? Have you ever been there? Now, these circumstances, this kind of darkness can come into our life on any different, on, on numerous different levels. And I want to just address three to help you reflect and kind of get in touch with where do you just sense darkness in the world? Where do you sense darkness kind of encroaching on your life? It can, and it's also in your notes. So if you hold up your notes, you'll just see it on the back side. And I want to help you just do a little personal reflection, right? So darkness are those circumstances that leave us feeling powerless, right? And unable to see a positive outcome. Okay, so here we go. These circumstances can, ha- we can happen on multiple levels. Number one, there's the global level. It's like when we see the news and you're seeing what's going on in the world, you're like, oh my gosh, where is society going, right? So we can see things at a society level, a nation, or the things going on in the world. Secondly, you might be like, forget the, the world. I'm just dealing with my own life. And we might be talking about relationships. Those support systems in our life that we've depended on. But all of a sudden, there comes maybe a time in our life where, for some reason, one reason or another, that support system is shaken, okay? It could be family, friends, coworkers. It could be anything from like a conflict with a close friend, something unkind said on social media that's shaken us. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be differing views that has kind of thinned out the trust in a relationship. And then the, the third category is personal where we feel not, the darkness is not outside of us, but it's beginning to creep in. And it's in our thoughts. We feel it in our emotions. It can be like a recurring anxiety that we just, no matter how hard we try, it just keeps coming back. Kind of like the grubs in my front yard grass. It's like, I call the I call up Alberto. Alberto shows up. He just nukes the thing. And then it, like, they're, they're dead. They're dead. Two months later, boom, they're, they're back again. And the grass is just dying, right? And sometimes we can have anxious thoughts that are just kind of running through our mind, we feel like we've made peace with them, but then a week later, another thing triggers them and they're back. Or it, it could be like our physical well-being, just some physical need in our life that starts to kind of turn into discouragement, starts to kind of cause us to feel like we can't see a positive outcome in this situation. Now, if you don't mind, like, look at your notes and just maybe reflect on maybe one area where you sense darkness. And how would you rate it? On a scale of one to 10, maybe put like a little word there that captures that area in your life and rate it on a scale of one to 10. One is like, it's a concern. It's just something that registers, yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, that's got me a little aware. 10 would be like dread. Like it's something that's, you're in the grip of it and you need a breakthrough. Okay, so go for it. As we go through this message, just be reflecting and I want to encourage you just to write something down that connects you with that issue. Okay. So the other sense you get when Isaiah talks about darkness, right? Because it's a metaphor. So darkness is this idea that you can't see. You with me? Where you're not able to see what's going on, right? And so the experience of feeling lost or confused or unable to see a positive outcome, right? So um, as you're reflecting, there's this feeling of like maybe you're feeling confused about where to go, what to do, how to respond. That's, that's the darkness right there. So go ahead, reflect, and put something down as we go through. Now, let's talk about light. What does the light represent? I want to encourage you to just take a moment with a friend, all right, with your spouse, with a near neighbor, 
what in a couple, just a couple seconds, what do you think light represents in this context? All right, what does it mean to you? And what do you think it represents? Go ahead and share just for like 15 seconds, just real quick. Get you thinking, get you talking, get you alert. What do you think the light represents? Take a stab at it. Okay, joy, hope. What else? What? Yeah, faith. Okay, when we walk into a dark room, what is the first thing we do, unless we're going to bed? Always, always, always. How many of us walk into a dark house and go, perfect, just the way I like it, you know? It's like you're always going for that light switch. And similarly, when we're going in, when we're in a, uh, experiencing a season of darkness, fear, worry, when we're going through things that are challenging our faith, that are challenging our joy, we go for the light switch. We start to, we start to look for those things in our life that give us hope. Light represents hope. And to go for the light switch, it means you're looking for those things that give you confidence in the dark. Okay? That's what the light represents. The ability, or hope, represents the ability to hold on to confidence in the dark. Confidence when we can't see how it's going to turn out. That's hope. And there's different things we go to. We call them, I'll call them like little hopes. Little hopes that we grab a hold of the support of our loved ones, our friends, our physical strength, our good looks, you know, our career, our savings, you know, our nice truck. Oh man, I love my, you know, you get in your truck and you just like, you know, everything feels right in the world, you know, you know, those things that make us feel secure in the dark. Okay. What are, what is that for you? What are those things that guys put in your life gifts that give you hope when things are difficult? What might that be for you? Now listen, when we face a darkness in our life, we're always going for these hopes. You know, when we're looking at what's going on in the world, we go, okay, my party is in office, so I feel a little bit secure about what's going on in the, in the world. Or, okay, uh, my friends understand me, so I feel more secure about who I am. That kind of a thing, all right? Or I know how to calm myself down when I'm stressed. That makes us feel a little bit more confident about ourself. But then there are moments when these little hopes get snuffed out. Like a candle in a hurricane. You've got your candle, it's working, but then darkness can come into our life in a way that just knocks out those little hopes that we hold on to. And that's the kind of thing that Isaiah is talking about when he talks about deep darkness. Now listen to this. When you're in a dark, when you, okay, when you have a dark room and you turn on like a little candle or something and that candle gets blown out, what happens to the darkness in the room? What's that? Anybody? Yeah, you can't see, but have you ever noticed that when you're in a dark room and you get some light and then you lose a light, the darkness is even darker Think about it, right? Your pupils adjust in the dark. You can kind of see. But when you get some light, when you get some hope, and even that hope is taken away, it is pitch black. That's deep darkness. It's when the things that we put our hope in, our friends, our family, 
our job, our physical health, when those things get snuffed out, that's when the deep darkness sets in. Now, I wanted to share an example of that. Um, It's these moments that God is preparing us to find our hope in a greater light. I have a friend who is going through something. Her son, Carson, is a year and a half old, went to the hospital with croup. And what was so amazing was in the midst of all this, things were going from bad to worse. And the doctor's efforts were not resolving the problem. The medication was not resolving the problem. And as things got darker, as her hope in her doctor's ability to solve the problem or the medication's ability to solve the problem was getting blown out. I want you to notice where this mother goes. I asked her permission to share this, and she wanted me to share this because she also wants us to pray for Carson, so we're going to do that. But listen to this. She writes, To all my prayer warriors, please put my sweet Carson man on your list. We have been in and out of urgent cares and hospitals for a week now. We're currently in ICU at Loma Linda. He has an extreme case of croup and hasn't been able to breathe on his own despite many different efforts from medical personnel. I typically, now get this, I typically would never put this type of personal information out there, but my mama heart is broken and we need all the prayers we can get. Now watch where she goes, right here. This is so powerful. We know our Lord Almighty can get us through this if we call out to him. There are moments when we go through deep darkness where our little hopes get blown out. And these are moments of spiritual awakening. They're moments and opportunities for us to discover a greater light, a light that no darkness can overcome. And in this moment, this mom started reaching out to people. I need to reach out to God. Because there is a light that no darkness can extinguish, and his name is Jesus. And she started calling on people to pray. I got the text to start praying. And so this last week, we've been praying for Carson. I got great news that yesterday, the doctors finally saw improvement, and today he's going home. Come on. Come on. Now, the reason why I shared this one, this clip, is because a lot of us are with her right now at this moment in the process. It hasn't been resolved. It, you haven't come out the other side. The circumstance hasn't turned yet so that you can see what's going to happen. You're in the darkness. And you need confidence right now when you cannot see how it's going to turn out. And that is what Isaiah is talking about to us right now. There is a light for every darkness, even the deep darkness, where we have no other hope, and it only can be in God. Now, here we go. Listen to this. We're going to verse 6. Isaiah starts to talk about a child. He talks about light and dark, and then he shifts gears Because you're wondering, what's this light? What are you talking about? Okay, get out of the metaphor, Isaiah. We need to know what this light is because we're aware of the dark, but we need 
some kind of handle to hold on to in the dark. And this is where he goes. Verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Thank God for that. There's coming a time when the government will not be on the shoulders of fallible men and the governments of men, but it will be on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this right here. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace. There will be no end. This is one of the absolute most glorious and powerful prophecies of Jesus's life in the entire Bible. And this is 700 years before he was born. If you go back to the passage and look at chapter 9, in verse 1, it even predicts the location of Jesus' ministry. It says right here, it's on the screen, but just listen to this. It says, look, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor, what? Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea. And if you go to the Gospels, you'll see that Jesus did his entire ministry out of Galilee for the first half of his ministry, 700 years before he was born. Because there is a light for your darkness, and his name is Jesus. Let's unpack this. What is Isaiah talking about with this child? Why child and why son? Why always this emphasis on a child and a son. Why not get to adult Jesus who went to the cross? Why do we have to go back to baby Jesus? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm in a bind, I'm not looking for a baby to get me out. You know, when you get to a baby, you're not like, oh, thank God. Now the baby can take care of us. A baby is someone we take care of. A baby is someone who's depending on us. So why the imagery of a child and a son? to give us confidence that there's a light that overcomes all darkness. You ever wonder that? What is with the baby Jesus thing? So here we go. God revealed to Isaiah that God's light to shatter all darkness would come as a child and a son. And so I want to just dig into it. Number one, child. Child reveals the posture of God's Savior for you. His posture. Okay, this. When you think of a child, you think of what? Someone who is vulnerable, dependent, and humble. When God reveals to Isaiah, the light is going to come, but it's going to come as a child. He's saying, my Savior that I'm going to send to you is going to come in a way that is humble, vulnerable, and dependent on me. Listen to this. In childlike obedience, Jesus humbled himself on the cross. He didn't come as an indestructible superman. He came in flesh and blood, and he took on our sin in the consequence for him to do his saving work for your life, and my life was to die. Look at this, Philippians chapter 2. Paul writes about it in this way. And being found in appearance as a man, not as a superman, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. A child vulnerable, killable, murderable, vulnerable. But it was in that vulnerability that Jesus overcame the darkness for you and me. Think about that. Number two, he came as a son. 
Now this, if child reveals his posture, humble and dependent, son represents his nature. What does it say to us about his nature? It says this, when Jesus showed up, he, didn't, he claimed to be more than a wise person or a gifted healer or a powerful leader. Listen to this. He says these words in the Gospel of John. I, let's read it, actually read it together. You ready? Let's read this out loud. Here we go. I and the Father are one. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Islam believes in Jesus. Did you know that? Did you know that? They believe that Jesus was a real historical figure. They believe that he was a prophet, but they don't yet know that he was God. Do you know Jesus as your God? Not just someone who came to give you some good advice. Not just someone who you can call out to and pray to once in a while because he was a good person, but someone who is your God, who has ultimate and the final claim on your life. Do you know him that way? Listen to this. It's important that we understand Jesus in this way because, look, yeah, it's amazing when someone sacrifices himself for another person. And history is full of those examples, right? Can you think of some examples in history of people sacrificing themselves for others? I don't know. I think of mothers. Come on, moms in the house. Just to give birth to a child is a sacrifice. Come on, now let's give it up for the moms in the house. Come on, moms. I don't know about you men, but if it was up to me, you know, if it was up to men, I don't know. I don't know if I, we would go through with that as much. <laughs> I'm just playing around. But in all seriousness, history is full of men and women who have sacrificed their life for the sake of others, right? We have doctors who have laid down their lives to heal people. I think about the, e the Ebola virus that was in Africa and how people went, doctors went there knowingly risking their life. Officers who have laid down their life in the line of fire Men and women who have stood up to bullies and have put their lives at risk. I have a close friend who stood up to a bully, a grown man, cursing and threatening junior high kids at Knott's Berry Farm in line. And he goes, you don't know who I am. I'm old school. I'll just knock you out. And she's just sitting there like, whoa. And she said, I'm not, I'm not afraid of you. And you cannot, I'd rather you talk to me that way to, than to these kids. Now that right there is something. There's a light in a person when they do that. When someone sacrifices of themselves for others. There's a light, isn't there? It's just, I don't know, I feel it when someone just lets me into traffic right now. It's so crazy out there. And if, when someone just is like, you go ahead. Come on in. You know? And you're like, gosh, there's a God in the world. Yes, it's going to be okay. You know? It's just, you, when people sacrifice themselves, it brings a little light into our world. And as great as these moments are, it's still, see, it's still not enough to overcome the darkness in the world. And this is why. Because behind all this darkness, there are spiritual forces of evil in the world. The Bible's clear about that. Number two, the power of sin and Satan and death are just too strong for us. Can we just admit that? Can we just say that's true? Can we just say that on our own we are helpless against those powers? Despite all of our technology, we are in going into 2022. Watch, you ever watch movies about the future that predict 2022? They imagine us a lot further along than we are. 
Have you ever seen those movies? You're like, wow, they really thought we would get further. <laughs> you know? uh, but hey, we got this. <laughs> we got iPhones. Woo, no one predicted that one. They imagined us traversing the universe and the galaxies and all kinds of things, but we still haven't solved death yet, have we? Now, this is the point. We, haven't, we can't overcome sin, the devil, or death on our own. And that's because we need a spiritual power. Listen to this. We need, you need, a spiritual, supernatural light. And I think that's what happens when these other little hopes that you have that we put our hope into, getting into that college that we hope, that's, gonna, that's my hope right there for my future. If I get into this college, if me and this person, if things just go all the way and we just get married, then, you know, my future's good. When those things get snuffed out, it's in these moments. I'm not saying God causes these, but they become moments that were meant to discourage us, that God uses to draw us to him, to discover there is a light no darkness can overcome. There is a hope for your future that is bigger than any person in your life, and thank God for that. I'm talking about a supernatural light. Could you use some of that today? Come on now. In Jesus, it wasn't an ordinary person who died for you. It was God himself who died for us. And in that death, he descended into the deepest darkness. He took on himself all of our sin, all of our death. And taking that on himself, he went into the depths of the darkness that you will never have to face to bring a hope so that no matter what you go through, you know God has overcome it. Listen to these words. John chapter 1 writes this. In him. Let's read this out loud together. I, I, I don't know why I'm just doing it this service. I'm just feeling it. Let's just, let's just go for it. Ready? Read it. Let's read together. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I just want to ask you a question right now. Do you know that light, that light that cannot be overcome by any darkness? I think there are some of us here tonight, this morning, that you don't know that light. There's a darkness, and you are here because you're looking for that light. There was a guy this morning that came to this morning's service, and he just came because, well, he'd wandered away from God, He's like, ah, forget God. I'm going to go do my own thing. As he wandered away from God, the further he got, the darker he realized his life was getting. And as he got down that dark path, when he started reflecting on when have I ever seen light in my darkness, it brought him back to those times when he was close to God. I think it was after about like the last seven years, he's like, you know what? I need to get back to God. Maybe you're here just like that. Is there a darkness in your life that is threatening your life? I want to tell you this morning, that darkness is driving you to God. And maybe you're here this morning because God is reaching out to you to renew your faith in him. Maybe for some of us, you believe in Jesus. You know God. You know him. But this darkness, man, this is a new one. This This isn't an area of your life that maybe you've never been tested before. 
you've never had to feel vulnerable in this area of your life, and it's challenging you, and you need renewed hope that God is your light in this darkness too. And that's why you're here this morning. I want to invite the band out. And as the band comes out, I want to read you this scripture. Listen to this scripture. John chapter 12, verse 46, he says this. I have come into the world as a light so that no one, can you say that with me? No one? Anyone here count as a no one? Are you, are you one of those no ones? That sounds kind of weird, huh? he's putting it in the negative, but let's put it in the positive, so that everyone who believes in me should not have to stay in the dark. Now that's powerful. Listen to what he says, so that no one who believes in me should stay in the darkness. You know, sometimes we get into these dark places just because circumstances are hard and they're heavy. Other times we get into these dark places because we've wandered from God and we thought, hey, actually, it's pretty fun out here without God. This is, I can do whatever I want. You know, I can just experiment with things. This is great. Church was a joke. They were just trying to scare me. There's, no, there's a whole other world out there without God that's fun and exciting. And somewhat, you know, you get to these places, you're like, you know, you start to wake up and realize, like that prodigal son, that there's only one light in your life that will never go out. And maybe this Christmas, it's about renewing that hope in the light of God in your life. Maybe every time we see a Christmas light, we allow God to renew our hope and our faith in a light that will never go out for us. And God wants to renew your grip on that light. Let's go into this song for a moment. As we go into this song, it's about allowing our faith to rise that Jesus will come to us no matter what's going on in our lives. So we go into this song. Where do you need Jesus to come into your darkness? Jesus is a light for every darkness. And so he comes to us in so many different ways. He comes to us in ways that meet us in every kind of situation of need we might find ourselves in. So what, listen to this. I want you to reflect, in what way do you need to receive Jesus into your life this Christmas? Number one, he comes to us as our wonderful counselor. He comes with supernatural wisdom to guide and direct us. He comes to counsel us, knowing our innermost thoughts, thoughts that nobody else can make sense of, not even ourselves. Jesus can make sense of those thoughts. I remember when I was going through depression, I was just like, God, nobody can make sense of what's happening up here. But Jesus is a wonderful counselor and he can make sense of what's going on in your head. He comes to us as a mighty God. He comes to us to give us strength for the things we have lost strength for. Where we feel like we've come to the end of ourselves. He is your mighty God. He comes to us as an everlasting father. He comes to us with an unfailing love. I know for some of us, there is an aching void of grief for loved ones we have lost. And this Christmas, you need the light of God's everlasting love to fill you afresh this morning. And he comes as your Prince of Peace. He comes making peace between us and God. 
He comes doing what no human being could ever do for us. And that is free us from our sin and reconcile us to the Father. If you need the light of God's hope renewed in your heart in one of these ways, you're like, yeah, I need him as a counselor right now. I need to know him as my mighty God. I need to know him as an everlasting father. Because sometimes when the darkness sets in, you lose sight, right? You, maybe God is not so loving. Maybe I'm trapped alone with my anxious thoughts and nobody can help me. But this morning, God wants to renew your hope. He is your mighty counselor. If you need renewing of God's light in your life, I want to invite you just to stand up right now. And as you stand, God, I'm going to pray for you. You're acknowledging, yeah, God, there's some darkness in my life. There's some discouragement. There's some fear. I have a need for you, God. And if you are humble enough to admit that need to God, well, the Bible is really clear. The Bible is very clear. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we're honest with God, I need you. God will come to you. He will come. And I think some of us need renewed hope that if we call out to God, he will come and shine his light in our hearts. And lastly, maybe there's some of us that need to join these guys who are not believers. You're not a follower of Jesus, but this morning, Jesus is calling you to put your hope in him as your savior. And if you've never done that, I want to invite you right now where you're sitting, stand up. It says in the Bible, if you acknowledge me before my father, or if you acknowledge me before people, I will acknowledge you before my father and all the angels. I want to invite you to stand up with these guys. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody else? Come on, no, I see you, bro. I see you. I see you guys. We don't come to church just to hear it. We come to respond. We come to open our hearts. So if you need to do this, you know what? Don't worry about what other people think of you. No one's even going to remember you that you'll go, oh, that person, I saw them stand. Well, actually, they might. They might want to come up and bless you and pray for you. that, That might happen. But when you stand up, you're standing for God. You're standing between you and God. This is a personal moment between you and him. All right. Okay, if you're standing, I'm going to ask the people around you to do one thing. If you're sitting next to someone standing, can you just put a hand on their shoulder? Just for a moment. Put a hand on their shoulder. Ready? Can we do this? Hand on the shoulder. The hand on the shoulder is just a little thing that someone did for me when I stood up for God a long time ago. And the hand on the shoulder represents God's hand on your life. His invisible presence is taking hold of your life. Let's pray. I want you to repeat after me. Ready? If you stood, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need your light in my darkness. Fill me with the light of Jesus. Come on, pray it out. Fill me with the light of Jesus. I trust you to fill my darkness with your light. I'm calling out to you now. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your wisdom. 
Fill me with your strength. Fill me with faith that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on. God bless you guys. Come on. If you stood up, we got a prayer team up here. Where's our prayer team? We got a prayer team? Yeah, we got a prayer team. If you stood up, do one of two things. Come up and let these guys pray for you. Or number two, before you leave this church grounds, tell someone that you came with why you stood and what it means for you. All right? One person. All right? God bless you guys. Merry Christmas.